Welcome to the Leadership Update Brief. Today's entrepreneurs and business leaders face change and transition as a constant part of daily life. Inspired by stories of today's military veterans and service members, we embark on a journey to explore their transformations and equip ourselves with new ideas and motivation towards mastering the challenge of working with dynamic and changing environments. Here's the host of the Leadership Update Brief and the guide to your journey, Ed Brixie. Hello, and welcome to the Leadership Update Brief on C-Suite Radio. I'm Ed Brixey, and on today's program, we dive into how important good mentorship is. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Building a business, managing change and transition in our personal and professional lives, and entrepreneurship in general, are all hard. They amount to some of the most difficult things that many people will go out to do. How do we constantly rise to meet the challenge? The answer is simple. Have a mentor. Several if possible. Transformation and growth can dominate our lives and appear overwhelming, especially when things don't go according to plan. Mentorship holds the answers to these problems. There are two reasons to have a good mentor ideas, and accountability. Mentor is the person who's going to keep you going, hold you accountable, and ensure that you're doing what you said you're going to do. Secondly, they're there to bounce ideas off of. When you're stuck, when you need help, when you need another set of eyes to look at a problem, a mentor is there to bounce those ideas off of and find a more robust, all-inclusive solution to the challenge that you're facing. This idea of mentorship, what resonates well because it solves the problem of how to effectively meet our most significant challenges. We cannot do it alone. Seemingly insurmountable challenges in leadership change and transformation happen all the time. In fact, a recent study in the Harvard Business Review found that managers, when under pressure, 53% are more closed-minded and controlling than open and curious. 45% are more upset and emotional than calm and in control. 45% again, ignore or reject rather than listen or seek to understand. 43% are more angry and heated than cool and collected. 37% avoid or sidestep rather than be direct and unambiguous. And 30% are more devious than candid and honest. Guys, listeners, these results are intolerable. The pressure points we see, the challenges we face are the hallmarks for great success, not points to be misstepping all over. I wonder if these managers had a solid mentor by their side, how much more effective they would be at overcoming their challenges. Because we all need help. No challenge should ever be undertaken alone. And we need the space to go and bounce ideas off of, have a little accountability added into our routines, and sometimes... Just sometimes, we need to go and vent that things are shitty right now. Having this space, having a mentor by our side, gives us the opportunity to remain more open and curious, to stay calm, cool, collected, and in control of the situation. 
gain a greater understanding of these situations while providing better and more direct support and guidance to our teams. Last, this all gives us the ability to remain secure and remain candid and honest in our approach to these matters. Leaders need to do all these things. Great mentor provides the space to allow it to happen. I want to pause real quick because we need your help. We want to kick off a special segment here on the Leadership Update Brief. Mail Call is our time where we answer your questions on leadership, organizational change, and transformation. Email us at mailcall at leadershipupdatebrief.com or hit us up on social media, Facebook or Twitter, at BlueCordMGMT, and you can have your answer, your question answered in one of our upcoming programs. Be sure to reach out. We look forward to hearing from you. Because today, we have a great guest speaking with us. Ed Marsh is a military veteran and serial entrepreneur opening businesses around the world. His current gig is with Concilium Global Advisors, and he's gone above and beyond in his mentoring of veterans who are aspiring to enter the world of entrepreneurship. We will be right back with Ed Marsh of Concilium Global Advisors. And welcome back to the Leadership Update Brief. We're here today with Ed Marsh of Concilium Global Advisors. Ed, how are you doing today? I'm good, thanks, Ed. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Um, I think one thing I could use to describe you and poking through your LinkedIn is just a serial entrepreneur after being a veteran is... You've had some amazing just startups and experiences. What's been the root of that? What kind of got that going for you? So I think a little bit my background, um, you know, I grew up, my dad, although he was a physician, he was also kind of entrepreneurial. And so that, you know, I watched some of that and I had small businesses when I was a kid. Um, I think uh, part of my experience in the army was, um, you know, I like the structure of it, but it drives me nuts just like it does everybody else when you end up in uh, with some meathead in, in the chain of command. And so the same applies in corporations. And so I think one of the one of the things that's particularly appealing about entrepreneurship for veterans is what sometimes is kind of an intolerance for for meatheads. And so if if you're the guy, then you're either the good one or the meathead yourself. But at least you don't have to. Uh, you know, try to bite your tongue and deal with one. Um, the other thing I think that the military helped me with to kind of launch me on the the entrepreneurial path is the sense of confidence that if if I want to do it, I'll figure out a way to uh, to get it done, whether it's just gutting through every day, dealing with the crap in order to kind of break through or having the ability to find the right people to get the right advice in order to make it work. So I think you know, several things contributed to it, and certainly the military is an important piece of it from a couple of different angles. No, definitely. That's two uh, great angles right there. We've, we've all had those people in our chain of command where we just kind of look at them and go, how did you get here? Yeah, seriously. And and uh, the thing I keep telling my kids that have been in the military or in the military now and can't wait to get out to go into civilian jobs is if you think it's it's solely a function of the military, you're mistaken. You're going to find exactly the same thing in civilian jobs, too. No, absolutely. There's all sorts of people in all sorts of roles. And it's cool, too. The other aspect of that you said was just the confidence and just the ability to kind of have that gut check in order to move forward. Because I think entrepreneurship, if nothing else, is a absolute consistent gut check. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know if, if 
if you or your listeners remember the experience, but I remember very clearly being told we're doing something, you know, going out for a seven mile run, coming back. We know that it's been seven miles. And as we come back to the point where we started and we expect we should be slowing down, suddenly we take off like we're shot out of a gun and, you know, 50% of the people fall out at that point. And that's exactly, I think, what entrepreneurship feels like. It's just when you think you've got it figured out, just when you think you're getting to that point, often suddenly off you go at full speed and, and you know, you haven't caught your breath, you haven't rested your legs, but you got to figure out how you're going to keep going. I think an interesting example of the, uh, the confidence comes from when I started my company in India. I didn't know anything about India. All I knew was I wanted to go to one of these markets that was growing. I didn't want to go to China because everyone was going there. So I went to India and bought a ticket and got off the airplane and started figuring out and started a company there um, a year later and had a lot of very painful, very expensive lessons, uh, you know, things that I wish I'd known then what I know now. But um, I would never, ever, ever have dared to undertake that had I not had some of the military experiences that I had. No, absolutely. And that, that's a gutsy move right there. And that's something I think veterans, when you bring into the picture, is being able to make that gut check and go forward with stuff like that. And I mean, since then, you've done a ton with veteran entrepreneurship. We met a number of years ago, putting together the Bet to CEO program up here at Ipswich. And just that mentorship piece for veterans who want to try to follow this track, I think is huge. Well, it's something that I'm passionate about. I mean, it's made a difference in my life and it's created opportunities for me. And Certainly, the uh, there's a lot of stress, a lot of hours, a lot of worry, a lot of disappointments. But the flip side is a lot of flexibility, the ability to to kind of chart my own journey, and um, so it's been wonderful for me in many ways, um, financially and in terms of personal satisfaction and growth and development. And so, knowing that, you know, is it right for everybody? Absolutely not. But for some people that are getting out, that are trying to weigh their options. It, I, I love to at least share some of my passion for it and, and, and create opportunities for people to evaluate it for themselves. No, certainly. I think it's one of those options that's often underexplored. I know when I was going through the TAPS program coming off of Fort Hood, it was just, you know, here's how to write a really bad resume and here's some quick tips on how to do a job search, have a nice day. Right entrepreneurship was never even mentioned. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people misunderstand entrepreneurship. There's no reason that you can't have a form of entrepreneurship by potentially looking at buying some sort of a franchise. Or, you know, you could be an entrepreneur by going and finding a business in a field that's of interest to you, perhaps even directly correlated to what you did in the military with an aging owner that doesn't have a plan for how they're going to retire, how they're going to extract value from their business. Maybe you can get into it with some sweat equity and, and create some sort of a, uh, you know, a purchase agreement for that. So you can be an entrepreneur in ways besides um, you don't have to sit around and come up with some kind of code, you know, at one in the morning and start a software company. There's lots of other ways to be an entrepreneur. No, absolutely. I think um, the show Shark Tank has sort of skewed the view on that, but you're absolutely right. It's, there are so many ways to enter into this type of space. And we saw it with the guys who are going through the program, a couple of whom are going to be on some on a few episodes coming up. Oh, good. It's just, you know, Nick's bought the bowling alley and James created the tactical dynamics, which is about as close as you can get to using the old military skills. And right. even Nick with the ATMs, it's just sort of a passive project where it's just to help him help him and his family out with a bit of that residual income. So there's any number of ways to 
jump into this kind of space. Yeah. And your entrepreneurial journey yourself, um, the way you decided that you were going to use your GI Bill, get your advanced degree and and then start a consulting business. And then the way you've even started to write about it in this podcast. And so it's a that's that's a neat case study, too. No, certainly. It's thank you for for that. It's it's funny because the journey, it's I'm sure you've seen this, the twists and the turns. And when you look back, you go, oh, man, I really wish I knew that back right. then when I, was, right. when I started. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, and you've been a hell of a mentor to me in figuring all this space out, too. I remember the first time we sat down and we were at that diner and what was it, Beverly? And right. I showed up wearing a damn suit of all things. <laughs> I, I remember sitting down afterwards thinking, oh, man, this guy's never going to talk to me again. Well, I think the thing, you know, you talk about mentoring and mentoring is often construed as meaning, you know, a person with lots of years experience and a person that's just starting. But it doesn't need to be that way. It can be mentoring with um, somebody that's that's as a younger person, you can mentor somebody older than you where you've got particular expertise, whether it's in social selling or whatever the case may be. Or there's there's mentoring around, you know, how do you not 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 how do you have the idea for business and how do you execute on that, but maybe how you manage the the um, the just kind of the mechanics of running a business. So there's mentoring can mean a lot of different things. I think the common theme, the people that I enjoy interacting with, whether it's as a mentee or as a mentor or just kind of reading what they're talking about is people that are open-minded and creative and think big picture and look for opportunities and whether you want to call it in the white space or at the intersection of other ideas. And, and so going back to the first time we got together, um, you were clearly willing to, to kind of take different feedback and you were open to exploring models and approaches to grow your business. And, and so that made it an enjoyable conversation and it made it a rewarding opportunity to to watch you succeed as, you know, we touch base periodically and talk about things and I get good input from you and hopefully give you little bits of input here and there. And next time I talk to you, you've landed another big contract. And so it's a neat, you know, a neat journey to take with you. No, I appreciate you coming along the way. This is, it's been invaluable. I think for entrepreneurship in general, it's the connections you create and the mentors you have along the way. That's what builds the long-term success in this field. It's not just, Oh, I've got a great idea, and suddenly investors are throwing money at you. <laughs> There's a lot of silly money around, but I don't find people throwing it without you making a decent case for it. No, absolutely, absolutely. So, for some of the ventures that you've been creating lately, you've been putting together consulting for quite some time, but you've got a couple other little side projects going on. What's What's new? Yeah, so so my business, even the consulting business, had a major pivot. It started out originally working with companies on exporting and then in parallel helping companies improve their marketing to support the export efforts. And my background is primarily industrial kind of middle market manufacturers, capital equipment. And so what happened as I was working on those two angles of that business was they essentially converged as the internet evolved. And so now if you want to help somebody grow their business, much of the revenue growth work that you would do domestically also can help to grow internationally. And so the need to set out with a specific international strategy is, I think, less important than it used to be. Now you, what you can do is you can set out to grow, and that inherently begins to incorporate or attract international opportunities. And then it's a 
transactional issue to sell those. So my consulting practice has evolved and I'm working now again with middle market industrial manufacturers really on strategy and revenue growth. How do they adapt their business to um, IOT and to changing buyer behaviors and to create relationships with buyers when buyers don't want to, you know, don't want to speak to you when they want to hide in the shadows of the internet. Um, through that, or in, in addition to that, I also am an independent director. Um, so working on boards of some nonprofits and, and some for-profit companies, looking at a lot of these kinds of strategic issues and issues related to, to revenue growth, which is much more than just marketing and sales the way it used to be. I also, no, I, I'm sorry. No, certainly globalization has, the internet has very much simplified globalization for a lot of practices. So it's a fascinating area to be jumping into there. Yeah, it's it's neat to see. And companies tell me, oh, no, we're not going to sell internationally. I say, okay, just buckle up and enjoy the ride. And before they know it, they are. It's amazing how it works. Um, I'm also a keynote speaker. So I speak mostly to, again, industrial companies and trade associations about revenue growth and strategy. And then the other piece of my business has to do with intent data, which for folks that aren't familiar with it, is really the information that's available of what your ideal buyer is doing anywhere on the internet that indicates that they're trying to solve a problem you can help solve or looking to buy a product or service like you sell. And so that's a really exciting kind of recent evolution in the MarTech space that is, um, it's a, a great opportunity. It's keeping me busy right now. No, certainly. And is that just um, a focused kind of an analytics or a new algorithm that you're developing over the, in that space for trying to figure out the intent data? Or is so, it just a uh, new way of tweaking it? I, you know me well enough to know I'm not a guy that goes out and develops algorithms. That's not that's not the way I roll. But a classmate of mine from Johns Hopkins, um, who's a data scientist, did, and uh, he since licensed that technology to to another group that is powering my sales fracking intent data. Um, so it's it's really based on observing publicly available information. You know, people tend to worry about privacy, except this is all publicly available observing the actions that people are taking that indicate they're actively researching. So if somebody's taking actions with your competitor's content, it's a good indicator that they might be undertaking something, whether it's a, a, a known prospect target account for you or an unknown prospect or even a current customer. You certainly would want to follow up with them based on your understanding of the actions they're taking and find out if in fact there's a project going on and they're getting ready to to buy something so it it's you know if you if you sit down with salespeople, what you always hear is oh i win more than my fair share of the deals all i need to do is get to the table and marketing for years has tried to figure out ways to help salespeople get to the table intent data kind of short circuits that i mean it still takes a lot of marketing support and it takes some really intelligent sales work but what it does is put you at the table of people that are in the process of buying Nice. So it's already front of mind and you're getting there at the right time. So it's exactly right. Uh, that's, that's fantastic. Little piece right there. So somebody who's done a ton of different ventures over a ton of, I mean, similar industries, but definitely certainly a lot of different aspects of those industries for veterans coming out who would be interested in jumping into this space. What's the one thing that you would, what's the one piece of advice that you would leave them with? Uh that as tough and resilient as you think you are from military experience, um, you have to be probably tougher and more resilient over a longer term um, because the challenges that you're going to encounter are 
going to be much broader in scope and you're going to be constantly surprised by the shit that could go wrong that you never thought could go wrong. And we're conditioned to think that way in the military, but within a more limited scope. Mm -hmm. No, it's definitely, you take it, adapt, improvise, overcome, and it's times 10 versus anything we had in the service. It's discovering a whole new set of resources. What's been probably your favorite resource for this entrepreneurship piece jumping into this that helped, has helped you out quite a bit? So I don't know if it's the kind of answer that you're looking for, but I would say reading. I mean, I read mm-hmm. a ton and I read a lot of different resources, whether it's whether it's Barron's or the Wall Street Journal through Harvard Business Review to a lot of different books to historical fiction. Um, it's a lot of different kinds of information trying to, I mean, even things like like Wired and, uh, and, and Fast Company, I think are really interesting inputs, even if that's not your industry, because part of what I believe is that every industry can absorb best practices from every other. And so understanding what other industries and other businesses are doing, I think is critical to find the creative ideas to give yourself an edge. So I'd say my, my, the most important resource to me is the ability to go read all kinds of information. No, definitely. It's, there's a never-ending learning curve for whatever business or whatever industry you're going into now, and change is so dynamic. It's having that solid source of fundamentals and idea generation to see, okay, what can we do next to continually evolve and stay ahead of the change curve? Absolutely, not get left behind. For sure. Yeah. All right, Ed. No, I appreciate you coming out today. This has been a fantastic conversation. And definitely reading and resiliency. I think that's two of the best things that entrepreneurs can have. It's stay tough when the times are tough and make sure that you're constantly learning to keep those to at least a minimum. Yeah, for sure. Now, you come up with one more, then you can call it your three R's and put an IP stamp on it and you'll be good to go and make some money on it. (laughs) Perfect. Sounds good, Ed. Thank you. Well, it's been a pleasure to chat. Thanks very much for including me, Ed. All right. Thanks, Ed. Thank you, Ed. Thanks for your insights. You can learn more about Ed Marsh at conciliumglobalbusinessadvisors.com. That's C-O-N-S-I-L-I-U-M globalbusinessadvisors.com. Mentorship is the key and one of the critical components for great leadership and and embracing change and transformation. Every great leader, entrepreneur, anyone who's facing this change in transition should have one because it's the outliers where we see our greatest success. We are all good at accomplishing the day-to-day. It's when routine changes or the unexpected occurs that we face our most significant challenges. And in the end, the fundamental truth is that we don't know what we don't know. Mentorship fills these gaps, educates us on what we don't know, and gives us an outlet to create an action plan to fill these spaces. We all aspire for greatness, but the critical skill we have to develop to get there is how and who to ask for help. Thank you all for listening. I welcome your comments. You can find me on social media, both Twitter and Facebook at BlueCordMGMT or on LinkedIn. Search for BlueCord Management. And don't forget to email your questions to mailcall at leadershipupdatebrief.com. You can learn more about Blue Cord Management at www.bluecordmgmt.com. 
be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast service. And as always, we're available on C-Suite Radio at c-suitenetwork.com. Thanks again. I look forward to continuing our journey. Have an amazing day. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. As a loyal fan of the C-Suite Radio show, I've got an incredible offer for you. Listeners to this podcast get 50% off a C-Suite Network membership. The C-Suite Network will help you become the most strategic person in the room. You will have access to top-notch benefits and networking, all helping you get the most out of your position. Take advantage of this limited offer today. Learn more about the C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR. Again, that's 50% off a C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.